Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Great to have you here today. So glad that you're a part of the cafe wherever you're listening from. Amen. Uh, you know, we are now streaming on Facebook, not every day, but every once in a while, I guess, as much as I can figure it out. I don't know whether to look at my microphone or look at the phone. But if you have Facebook, join us at uh, facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe. Uh, I'm working on the website. So right now, Facebook's the best place to reach us. Uh, join and, and uh, join us there and try to expand this ministry as best we can. So today, we're in the third part of a multi-part series on why Jesus chose Judas as a disciple. And we see that God is uh, foreknowing. He's sovereign. And have you ever thought about this? You know, we always say here in the program, and I'm sure uh, if you go to local church or local church pastor often would say, if they're in the book, amen, they'll say, God knows all, God sees all, God is everywhere. Yet, have you ever thought about this? You know, why did the Lord choose Judas to be part of his inner circle? You know, I guess I hadn't thought of it because I guess I didn't think about the Lord choosing Judas. I thought of the Lord choosing uh, Peter or James or John, but not Judas. I didn't think about it that much. But then in John chapter 6, uh, verse 70 through 71, uh, it reads, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was that should betray him being one of the twelve. And so as I read that in my Bible study last week, I said to myself, that's really interesting. Jesus here is saying, I chose you twelve, okay? And one of you is a devil. And I'm like, well, why would Jesus choose a devil? And then when I started to research it, I got more kind of perplexed because the devil is in the inner circle. The devil is trusted. I mean, think about it. That devil is being taught everything the disciples are being taught. The devil was in charge of the treasury, amen? I'm like, man, this is some deep stuff. And we learned that Judas Iscariot is pretty fleshed out as a individual in the Bible. We learn a fair bit about him. He was one of the 12 disciples. Uh, he was in charge of the treasury, which he'd steal from. Uh, he was a thief, as the Bible tells us. We understand by the nature of the earthly ministry of Jesus that uh, he followed Jesus for three years. Uh, there were other important men named Judas in the Bible. So, uh, for example, Jesus' half-brother and another disciple. So therefore, he was referred to as Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. That helps us to ensure we know who's who. Uh, he was paid 30 uh, silver coins or 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus from Matthew 26, thir uh, 13 through 15. We realize that he was not saved, as indicated in John 13, 10 through 11. We realize that Satan took over there. He was empowered by Satan to betray Jesus. That's John chapter 13, verse 27. We know that he betrayed Jesus with a kiss which is awful if you think about it. And he did not repent. He was remorseful. He gave the silver back. He went and hung himself because he couldn't deal. I believe his conscience couldn't deal with it. But he didn't repent. By the way, guys, I just want to let you know the wages of sin is death. When you live for the devil, when the devil creeps in and gives you a plan that you think is good, oh, watch out, amen. Because what will he do with you? He'll dispose of you. 
when you're done, he just, Judas, okay, you're done. Here you are. All right, you're going to hang yourself on a tree and spend eternity in hell. You know, and think about the pain. Think about this. Judas Iscariot witnesses Jesus' earthly ministry, sees the miracles, sees God in the flesh. And so we understand that Judas, all the way up till that last supper there, was just a individual. I mean, he was a human being, right? Eventually, he becomes indwelled with Satan, but he's just an individual. And he witnessed God in the flesh. He was part of his inner circle. Uh, he was trusted by the Lord, the Bible says. And so in hell for an eternity, he will chew on these ideas, these things that he saw, this understanding, the way that he could have been saved, the way that he could have been used by God. So now he's a, he is a, a, a reproach, a laughing stock, an absolute uh, awful character, individual in the Bible. And yet he could have had, it could have been the book of Judas. You have the book of Peter, the book of John, the book of Matthew, the book of Luke. Think about that. I bet you probably never thought about that. I haven't really thought much about that till now. And it's so sad. But that's what the devil will do to you. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. And you go ahead and sit a young person down and tell them that. A lot of times they just don't want to listen. But they'll want to listen when it's too late. Like the rich man in hell, he wanted one drop of water. Uh, and, and he didn't want anyone to suffer what he was suffering. But it was too late. It was too late. And uh, he asked Abraham to uh, go ahead and help uh, his brothers know. And, uh, you know, the response was, was if they don't believe the prophets, they're not going to believe anyone else. Amen. And so if we don't, if those that don't believe God now in his word, I believe the Lord's response would be, you're not going to believe in the future. And that is sad. So we need to turn to God while we can. So why, why all of this? Amen. God's plan for salvation is made through using sinful man. But man is still held accountable, right? So Father God needed one to betray the Son to enact the perfect sacrifice, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This then creates the free gift of salvation, as explained in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. So Jesus chose Judas, really being God the Father, I imagine. Jesus, Jesus doing the will of the Father. That's what Jesus always said. Amen. So we see here that he chose Judas because it enacted the plan of salvation and it did it in a very poetic way, right? I mean, think about it. You know, Jesus Christ, he was meant to be the uh, lamb of God, right? The perfect, sinless, spotless lamb. He died on the cross for our sins as a sacrifice, not because he was sinful, but because he was sinless. John 129, another really fascinating verse. The next day, John, this is John the Baptist, seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You know, you always see that and say, oh, John realizes it's Jesus or whatever. But you know what is deeper than that? John the Baptist calls Jesus the Lamb of God. So John the Baptist is essentially saying, Jesus, you're the one that's going to die for the world's sins. Uh, you're the sacrifice. Amen. And that sacrifice had to be kicked off somehow. Now, you could say, well, Jesus could have put himself on the cross. He didn't want to go, amen. Who would want to go? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, tears of blood. You know, uh, he's sweating. He's, he's uh, agreed. He's, he's going through emotions that we can't even think about because he's going to have to drink that bitter cup of sin for all mankind. The death physically was beyond understanding. The Bible tells us he you couldn't even recognize him. I understand it to be the worst death ever anyone ever died. And that's how it had to be 
to take on the sin of all mankind. So that when we believe on him, we are saved from our sins and we are born again to new life. The only way that we could be saved, the only way that we could have Jesus Christ's righteousness appropriated to us, attributed to us, being the Bible word would be propitiation for our sins, the only way that that could happen is if Christ was sinless and took upon all our sins. That's why he says on the cross, uh, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because the Lord himself, God the Father, had to turn, the back on, uh, turn his back on Christ as he died with that sin debt on him. But then what happens? What happens? Well, the glorious resurrection, amen? He is risen from the grave, and now he is Lord of lords and King of kings. He is due all glory, honor, and praise. Every praise that we give him uh, is, 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 should be rooted in the idea of what he did for us on the cross, amen? Our peace comes from what he did for us on the cross, uh, what he did for us on the cross. We are, the Bible tells us we are now reconciled to God. The natural man, the Bible tells us, is enmity to God. That's a Bible word that means warfare. The natural man is at war with God. Now Christ dies on the cross, and we are saved, amen. We are saved when we believe on his death, burial, and resurrection because we are now reconciled to God because God sees us as believers of Christ as Christ. We, we now take on his righteousness because he took on our reproach, our sin, amen, and a holy God requires it. And so Judas brought this about. I'm not giving Judas credit for what Jesus did on the cross, but somebody had to bring it about. Uh, Matt, and, Jude, and by the way, Judas Iscariot is not celebrated in the Bible, okay? Matthew 26, 24, the Son of Man goeth as it, as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed, exclamation point. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. See, so God uses Judas to bring about the betrayal, which brings about the passion, which brings about salvation. But at the same time, God punishes that man for what he did. Amen. He is not off the hook by any means. And I cannot imagine what a righteous God will do to someone that sinned uh, that sin. Amen. That The sin of unbelief, most importantly, and the betrayal. And now we need to learn from this to repent ourselves. Acts 3, 17 through 19. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance he did it, as did your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So we are to get right with God. We are to realize that God is not mocked. We are to realize that God knows who we really are, and that God has a plan of salvation that he's given us. Uh, here, a verse I mentioned earlier. Um, let's see, where did it go? I'm sorry, I lost my place. Uh, yes, here we go. Uh, making a show of man openly, the justice that came from God through what man thought would kill God himself, all the more created a plan for all to be saved and that would come to a saving knowledge of him. So we go through this progression. Man thinks he will kill God. God responds with everlasting life to all that believe on him. Man is made to look all the more depraved and foolish in dire need of salvation. Uh, Colossians 2 here, 13 through 15. And you, being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together and made alive with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, having spoiled principalities and powers, that's the devil, and he made a show of them openly, triumph triumphing over them in it. 
And so we see this beautiful poetry here from Colossians 2, 13 through 15. The attempted murder of God by his creation led to the chance for everlasting life for his creation. You know, and, and I wish I had time, and I don't think I do. But in Luke 9, 51 through 56, uh, they, Jesus wasn't allowed pass to, through Samaria to go to Jerusalem because they knew he was going to go to Jerusalem. And the Samaritans and the Jews didn't have anything to do with each other. The disciples said, can we rain down uh, thunder, lightning on them, fire on them, kill them all. And Jesus said, you know, uh, verse 55, uh, but he turned as Jesus and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Verse 56, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And so we look at, 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 at God and think, uh, you know, that we're doomed and we're not. Uh, he came to, Jesus Christ came to save us. And, and, and those that wanted to kill God thought that they were going to kill God and that that was going to be the, the end of it. And they were going to, they, they were going to live in their sinful ways. But God in his mercy said, you think you killed me, but you've made me alive. And now I've given a plan of salvation for all that believe. And that's what broke the devil's back. That's how the devil's back was broken at Calvary. That's how uh, salvation entered the world. That's how uh, Christ uh, became such an important part of the believer's life. It's central. We are Christians to be Christ-like. To be Christ-like, you have to be saved. To be saved, you have to understand your need and understand what happened on the cross there. So let's recap it here. Jesus chose Judas to bring about the plan of salvation, which was needed for mankind. And it shows us in deep, rich, poetic ways that man himself, no matter how he looks on the outside, needs the Lord dearly. And God knows how they are on the inside. God knows the heart, amen, and knows our need, and our need is for him, for Jesus Christ. And so the Lord allowed it for that reason, and Judas did not go unpunished, but we should learn from that, and we should repent and get right with God and be saved first and foremost, and then get right with him, repent each day of our sins, to grow closer to him, to have a close walk with him, and thank him and praise him for what he did on Calvary, because we are not worthy, amen. I thank you so much for listening to this series on why Jesus chose Judas. Tune in next time as we get to more important truths in the Bible. Thank you so much again. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.